Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 4th of May. Australia's major banks have already increased their interest rates after the Reserve Bank yesterday increased the official cash rate by 0.25 percentage points to 0.35. It's the first time the Reserve Bank has increased the cash rate in more than a decade as it attempts to slow down record inflation. Here is the Reserve Bank Governor, Philip Lowe. These decisions reflect the judgment by the board that it is now time to begin withdrawing some of the extraordinary monetary policy support that was put in place to help the Australian economy during the pandemic. And now for his analysis, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. The increase in the cash rate was expected by many, but it was a bigger move than predicted. Tash, good morning. Yeah, that's exactly the story. Was a rate increase a surprise? No, it wasn't. The size of it, though it was only 0.1% more, which is not all that much among friends, that was a surprise. And I guess it really goes to show what the RBA is looking towards. This is not one of those, let's just round it up a little bit and be done. The RBA in both what they did and what they said is very clearly saying, we got this wrong, we're going to catch up and there are more to come. So not great news for homeowners, for, for mortgage holders in particular. Uh, but yeah, this was a bit of a surprise in both the, the candidness of the language and the size of the rate rise. Scott, now, as you mentioned, no surprise, the banks moved pretty quickly after the Reserve Bank moved, of course, the cash rate. But mm-hmm. then what's even more concerning are these predictions about further rate rises from the big banks. Yeah, and look, no surprise. They're always very, very fast to pace on rate rises to mortgage holders. Less so for savers, although uh, kudos to Westpac, who has announced at least that some of them savings products will get a, a rate rise, which is positive. As you say, though, there's probably, well, CBA is saying another five rate rises potentially between now and next February. Um, now, that obviously, a total of six rate rises, one and a half percentage points added to the official cash rate. Let's put that on the average mortgage repayment if you're paying three and a half now, that rounds up to about 5%. And that does start to very quickly make things very tight for a whole lot of households. Now, I don't want to be the, the, the bringer of doom here. I don't want to be the fear monger, but it is worth remembering if you are in that boat, there is absolutely more to come. The RBA themselves have said there will be more rate rises. CBA's put its numbers on them. Others are saying over the longer term, it could even go higher than that. CBA is saying this time next year, they'll pause and sort of see what's going on. Either way, as you say, there are more to come and that makes the current rate rise painful but kind of bearable for most. Looking forward, this is a bit of a sobering one for most mortgage holders. Scott, we've had a really good couple of years. We're almost seeing full employment. Interest rates were at record lows. The economy Mm. was steaming along very well even after the COVID-19 pandemic. Is this an indication of really tough times ahead, especially with the loss of jobs? Oh, that's a great question. So, as you say, look, the, the Reserve Bank's job in general is to take the top off the booms and the bottom off the troughs. So, when things get too overheated, and the reason they do that is because if you have, obviously, a bad trough, that hurts a lot of people. They want to avoid that. If you have a boom that goes too high or goes on for too long, that sows the seeds of the next recession. Those of us with a few less hairs than we used to have, remember Paul Keating famously saying in the 90s, the recession we had to have. It was a terrible political line, but it was actually the right uh sentiment economically because if they hadn't done it things would have been worse down the track is there going to be tough times ahead look tougher times by definition with businesses just getting back on their feet people just getting into jobs 
the RBA is trying to say, hey, let's take some money out of the economy. And by definition, that has to come from somewhere. So some business is going to do less uh, you trade next week, next month than it would have done had rates not increased. If they go too far or too fast, they absolutely will create a recession. And that's that's the big fear is if you know trying to, trying to fix the inflation problem, they create an economic one. That's the challenge the RBA is going to have to try and navigate. It's not a fait accompli. So I don't want to, again, I don't want to be too negative about this. That is the long-term risk if they get this wrong. If they get it right, though, they save us from higher prices and an inflation rate that spirals out of control. And talking about inflation, Scott, and the rising cost of living, this comes smack bang in the middle of a federal election campaign, this increase in interest rates. Uh, How do you think this will play out? Is this a win for Scott Morrison or is this a win for Anthony Albanese? I hope, honestly, that it doesn't impact either because the RBA is moving apolitically. The simple reality is that high inflation is not Scott Morrison's fault, nor is it Anthony Albanese's fault. If he was in the chair, it is the result of global trends and, and global impact. So, you know, to take the politics out of it up front, it shouldn't be either. That being said, uh, I can absolutely almost visualise the heads dropping at Liberal Party HQ mm-hmm. and kind of the, the I won't say punching the air, I don't think Labor wants people to pay more for their, for their, uh, their mortgages, but um, the political reality is that if Labor can let, make this Scott Morrison impacting the cost of living line stick over the past or the next couple of weeks of the election campaign, I think net-net, it's got to be a negative for Scott Morrison. It's got to be a positive for Albo. The degree to which it matters probably depends on how much the average voter looks at those forecasts for rate rises and says, he's responsible for me paying a lot more in the future or, um, you know, I'm going to have to pay a lot more either way, but it's not Scott Morrison's fault. The latter is the truth. The former is how some may view it. And, of course, we look back to John Howard in 2007 and the the general view there is that it cost him the election or at least meaningfully hurt his chances. I think we tend to overdo these things, but I'm sure the the Liberal and National parties weren't particularly happy yesterday afternoon at 2.30. Certainly interesting and challenging times ahead. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Tash. Over to the US now, and a leaked document suggests the US Supreme Court plans to overturn a landmark ruling that grants Americans the right to access an abortion. The country's highest court is set to make a decision on what is currently a constitutional right by the end of June, almost 50 years after it was made law with the landmark Roe v. Wade ruling. US President Joe Biden has this morning slammed the latest move, saying it concerns him greatly that after 50 years, a woman does not have the right to choose and throws into question every other decision about privacy. Still overseas and Russian forces have launched a major attack on a steel plant in the Ukrainian city of Mariupol where thousands of civilians and wounded soldiers are sheltering. It comes as new reports emerge that Russian President Vladimir Putin will soon declare war against Ukraine and launch a new assault. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has spoken to Ukrainian MPs, reinforcing his nation's support for the besieged country. It's about freedom versus oppression. It's about right versus wrong. It's about good versus evil. And that is why Ukraine must win. And when we look at the heroism of the Ukrainian people and the bravery of your leader, we know that Ukraine will win. And we in the UK will do everything we can to restore a free, sovereign and independent Ukraine. 
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to New South Wales where thousands of teachers are walking off the job today across the state. They're calling for better pay and more staff, saying the education sector is in crisis. Our reporter Michaela Savage has more from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tosh. Thousands of public school teachers are on strike today. They're calling for better pay and conditions, insisting more competitive salaries will help with the chronic staff shortage. It's become a huge issue as the cost of living continues to climb. The state government says the walkout is unnecessary and just an inconvenience to parents. The Premier promising action on teacher wages in next month's budget. But New South Wales Teachers Federation President Angelo Gavrilatos says they're tired of waiting. I've never seen teachers and principals so angry and so distressed by the inaction of this government. One of the most fundamental obligations of a government is to ensure there is a qualified teacher in every single classroom. This government has failed. He says the situation is at crisis point and immediate action is needed. To Victoria now, and the Treasurer has handed down the state's budget with a record $12 billion for the embattled health system. The government is promising thousands of new nurses, paramedics and emergency call centre operators. Other big-ticket items include $184 billion for road and rail projects and $1.8 billion on new schools. But as James Lake reports from Melbourne, many people are concerned about the state's incredible debt. Yeah, that debt figure just keeps increasing, Tash, at an eye-watering pace. Now, to give you an example of how quickly it's blown out under the state Labor government, Victoria's debt was sitting at $15.8 billion in 2016. That was less than two years into Dan Andrews taking over as Premier. By 2019, so before impacts from COVID, we had another $30 billion added to the state's loan to reach $45 billion. Today, the state owes $118 billion, and that's projected to hit $167 billion by 2025, or $25,000 for every Victorian, with no sign of the spending slowing down. <laughs> for sports now with Brett Thomas and Brett. Some of the biggest stars in the AFL and NRL are back this weekend. Let's start with Rugby League and Manly's lineup will be turbocharged against the Tigers on Saturday. Absolutely. Good morning, Tash. That's right. Tommy uh, Trebojevic is in Manly's lineup to face the West Tigers. In fact, we've got three Trebojevic brothers uh, playing together, starting together for the first time. Jake, of course, in the front row, and then Ben has been named in the centres the first time uh, that they have uh, graced the turf to start a game. Uh, so looking forward to that. Of course, they come up against Jackson Hastings for the first time since he left the Seagulls for England a few years ago. That was a really messy departure when, uh, when Trent Barrett was actually coaching the club and Daly Cherry Evans was there. He insists so. There's no bad blood. It was a situation at the time that got a bit of, you know, publicity. So obviously you guys are doing your job, so you're going to reignite that stuff. But I can guarantee you ask him, you ask me, it's all fine. In other team news, the Eels have shifted Dylan Brown back to 5'8 to face the Panthers. Jacob Arthur's been named on the reserves. That was a big talking point last week. And the Knights have reacted to their form slump. Jake Clifford is out of the side to face the Cowboys. They're saying, though, that's for personal reasons. And to the AFL now, Brett and Dustin Martin is looking good to make his long-awaited return for Richmond. Yeah, can't wait to see this. We've been on Dusty Watch for a couple of weeks now, and he certainly put in a good training block. They face the Magpies at this weekend. That'll be an absolute blockbuster at the MCG. With Dustin Martin uh, there patrolling the, the punt road end when the Tigers' faithful will be going absolutely nuts. Tigers football manager Peter Burge gave an update on Dusty's fitness. Last Friday, he completed a, quite a big session out here with the other guys who didn't have a game last week, and uh, he did a, a huge workload in terms of total kilometres, some intensity, 
some handball games, uh, real match sort of simulation type training. Yeah, he's looking really good, potentially be available for selection this week. Now, Carlton had a win at the Tribunal last night, overturning Lewis Young's one-match ban for a bump on North Melbourne forward Cam Zerhar, successfully arguing that Zerhar's head wasn't over the ball. Bombers vice-captain Zach Merritt telling Fox Footy he agrees with the call. Yeah, I thought that was, that was the right call. I watched the game live and I thought it was a pretty tough position for Lewis to, to be in. I feel like he stopped and tried to brace a little bit to protect himself in a way. So, interesting call last night to the bump again on trial. Thanks so much, Brett. Thank you, Tash. And reality star Kim Kardashian has stolen the show at the Met Gala in New York. Kim wore the iconic dress Marilyn Monroe was wearing when she sang Happy Birthday to US President John F. Kennedy in 1962. The dress sold for nearly $7 million back in 2016 and holds the record for the most expensive dress ever sold at auction. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.